Welcome to my human design experiment. And welcome back to Mystical Mac. You're likely listening to this on Mystical Tuesday. I'll get into that. For now, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. I'm Mac, and I like to get mystical. I'm a deep thinker. I'm a deep diver. I like to break down the stuff that I feel the majority of people gloss over in life. The stuff, though, that tends to make up life for better or for worse. So let's get into it. For those of you returning, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for continuing to be here. I am for the first time actually just tackling my procrastination. Um, Not just because I'm going to be talking about it, but because I definitely just feel like there's something different going on in here than before. And that is growth. I'm sure I feel like this every time. However, there are moments where these moments of it felt better than before and better than before just sort of pile up and there's like a tangible better than before, you know? And this is kind of what is happening. If you were here last week, we talked about the divine feminine and what happens when it gets wounded, right? How that so depends on the sort of masculine container that it needs to survive and thrive and what happens when that masculine uh, container is first of all they are not properly taught to deal with their own masculine feminine combination and therefore they can't really provide a container for themselves but not just that when that container is sort of not present or not as containing as it needs to be how we run into trouble and if you haven't listened to last week's or the weeks the week before I highly suggest it because we're going in a little bit of a a series and I don't know how long this series is going to last where we're going to be talking about the divine feminine and the divine masculine and what happens when they get wounded and what happens when they start to heal and how they can start to heal. This is kind of a deep topic and we're going to be talking about this for several episodes so I suggest going back a couple episodes and checking that out and the titles are going to be very telling. Obviously, my titles always are. So you'll know when this series comes to a close and when we've covered everything. But for now, we're doing this in, you know, 20 to 30 minute increments. So let's get into it. What happens when the Divine Feminine gets wounded to a point where the universal clues that are popping up get more abrasive and more abrasive and more abrasive, that that feminine has to just sort of come to and become aware of the fact that she's become so deeply wounded. Uh, I'm like feeling the need to explain to this to people who have not heard other episodes and this is their first episode and I'm just going to actually cut that need off right now because 
I just highly suggest that you guys dive into the last couple episodes if you're completely lost. For those of you who are familiar with the masculine and feminine, uh, you know, you know that we all have both. We all are predominantly one or the other. Awesome. Keep keep following along. Uh, but for those of you that just are super confused, please go ahead and go back a couple episodes and start there. Okay, (laughs) let's go on. So what happens when the Divine Feminine gets so wounded that the universal clues become incredibly abrasive? First of all, what do I mean about that? The universal clues. Uh, And I'm going to come back around as to why I'm procrastinating very soon. Or was procrastinating recording this podcast very soon because that's important for me to talk about. Not just for accountability with you guys, my audience, uh, but also accountability with myself. And it's kind of cool to deconstruct it. So where were we? We're talking about what happens when universal clues become abrasive. Universal clues, I'm talking... The universe is always sending you signs. Whether you are aware of it or not, the universe is sending you signs, okay? Okay. It wants you to get what you desire, to go towards the route that is authentic and real for you. And sometimes it will even give you the stuff that you think you want, but realize wasn't really you. Just so you can know, oh wow, that's not really me. So the universe is brilliant, okay? And it's always sending you clues. And sooner or later you become aware of things that are happening on the inside, be it you have an incredibly crazy fear of death and that becomes apparent after a pet suddenly dies unexpectedly, right? That's one example. Or you have a really big issue with anger, like you don't validate it, you don't think it's a quote quote good emotion, you think people should never be angry uh, and that causes ruptures in certain relationships likely because you're suppressing your anger and it's coming out right and that becomes comes to a point where it becomes unbearable and you have to become aware of it so this is what i'm talking about when i say the signs become so incredibly abrasive the universe just screams at you hey you need to look at this you need to start moving towards healing that's the brilliant thing about this law of mirroring i.e. the law of attraction, that should really be called the law of mirroring, because the universe is going to give you the things that are like what is occurring inside you. Over and over and over again, in all kinds of different ways, getting more and more abrasive until one day you are smacked in the face with the realization, in this case, of, oh my god, my divine feminine is pretty fucked. I try to make this family friendly for the first 10 minutes and obviously I have failed. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) This is because the first 10 minutes go on my IGTV. Mm -hmm. Well, that's okay. You realize that you're pretty effed. You realize that your divine feminine is just (gasps) so scared of the world or so angry at the world or so just meh about the world or all of the above at any given moment and you realize that you have to go down this path of deconditioning you realize that you have to go down this path of oftentimes shadow work is involved inner child work essentially 
ways to bring your stunted selves back up to speed. Your stunted selves meaning the parts of you that didn't get to grow up when they got stuck in a moment in time where you were traumatized in some way. And trauma just simply means that your feelings weren't able to be resolved. When we feel hard things and our caregivers and our role models are able to be there and help us move through those hard things, meaning feel them, feel them as deeply as we need to, take a deep breath, come to a point where we ourselves initiate a moving on from that feeling and then we can go about our day. That is a cycle that an emotion needs in order to feel resolved, in order to be moved through, as opposed to be, as opposed to sit in your body, as opposed to leave residual bits of that impactful moment. When we just move through things and re-allow ourselves to feel our emotions and our caregivers are equipped to help us move through emotions, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter what happened to cause those emotions. When we do that, we seldom find that we are traumatized. Did we experience trauma? Yes. But did we remain traumatized? No. (laughs) Right? But a lot of us did not have caregivers that were properly equipped And that doesn't have to mean that they were bad parents or bad caregivers or bad nannies. Not at all. In fact, I'm going to give you an example that's probably going to blow your mind. And it's probably going to shift how you see trauma. Um, And that is that when... Okay, actually, I'll give you a personal personal life example. Uh, I work with a family... And the one-year-old is, there's a one-year-old and a five-year-old. And the one-year-old is obsessed with ice cream because saw the sibling, the older sibling, eating some ice cream. The mom is incredibly conscious and understands that to deny the little one the ice cream while she sees her sister having ice cream in her mind, that's going to be a really traumatic experience because she honestly cannot grasp why it's not something you want to give a one-year-old. And in that moment, the damage has already been done in the sense that the ice cream is already there. She's going to want it. She's going to uh, go for it. And she's going to feel like it's really unfair that her older sister is getting to eat whatever that cool thing is, and she is not. And so what do we do? We just keep it out of sight, out of mind. We don't even keep it in the main freezer. It's not even there. If she asks for it, we just say, you know, not right now. Like, that's not, like, let's eat some real food. And it's really easy to get her to move on. But if it's right there, 
and she wants it and it's there and in her mind her one-year-old mind she's like well it's there and I want it and you can get it for me if we don't get it for her that's like a really traumatic experience so we just try to avoid her seeing it in the first place um and that's because we are not imposing our adult awareness that ice cream is not a proper meal onto the one-year-old whom just knows that some things taste good and some things taste not so good and that thing tastes really good and once you kind of have sugar and ice cream your system starts to really want it right so and she is one so she cannot even cognitively comprehend that these are impulses that she's having and that her system is having a reaction to the sugar and dairy blah 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 she can even comprehend all this stuff to her it's it's right there you can get it for me and that's how the world works and that is how the universe works the universe presents you with your desires so that you can go oh cool I got this now I want something else that is how the universe expands through you it continuously fulfills its own desires i.e fulfilling your desires because you are a part of the universe a fragmented part of the universe and so i hope you guys can see how that is a traumatic experience if it's right there and we deny her and we try to try to get her to move on and (laughs) i'm sure some people are going to be like well they'd move on they'd move on okay fine maybe some kids might she would not she would not this child used to hate getting into the car hate getting into the car and then one day mom and dad were super smart while she was like throwing a fit while getting into the car and they were like hey hey we'll give you ice cream when we get home she calls it ma that's ice cream and upon getting home little girl walked up to the freezer put her hand on the door and said ma So some kids might forget, sure, some kids may not, (laughs) and she is a case where she wouldn't, she honestly wouldn't forget, she would just not understand, and who can blame her? She's not equipped to understand why ice cream is not a meal, (laughs) and to her very primitive biological system, ice cream is addictive and very hard to control your desire for and frankly it shouldn't even exist <laughs> let's be real <laughs> let's be real on pop hashtag unpopular opinions ice cream shouldn't even exist um although i'm very fond of the coconut ice cream versions like shout out so delicious shout out um not a moo oh my god they are just really killing it in the ice cream game like seriously the vegan ice cream is thebomb.com and i'm into it um but like you know you know hopefully you can start to understand another example is just think of any time where we are not cognitively aware of the fact that we are adults and we cannot expect children whom are literally developing adults to have the same capacity to understand to comprehend to uh put things in a certain order in their mind to remember when you impose your adult perspective onto a child 
and that child acts out, chances are that that's a traumatic experience because they're trying their hardest to understand and they just probably need a little bit of help because they're developing human. And our jobs as people whom are helping developing humans develop is to be super kind and is to when they experience trauma, to help them move through those emotions, i.e. validate them and and that's pretty much it, yeah. Validate them. <laughs> and the rest will sort of roll from there. Because when you validate what they're feeling, they're naturally going to just start to move through the emotion until eventually it sort of settles and they're ready to feel something else, probably something a little bit more positive. A lot of us didn't have these moments growing up. A lot of us had a lot of instances where our parents imposed our adult perspective on us. For example, when we forgot to take out the garbage because we're 11 years old and we just started this new chore thing, you know, or when we got a bad grade um, or... I don't know. You guys, I'm sure, have plenty of examples. Lord, I know I have plenty of examples. And... Often enough, the the wounded feminine, as does the masculine, becomes really fragmented. And instead of becoming like this big ocean of creativity, she becomes like cut off rivers that sort of lead elsewhere but are coming from the same body of water. And she just doesn't feel quite as big and powerful. And I guess she's, it's it's funny because I'm comparing her to water, but you could also compare her to a fire. It's almost just like as if, you know, there's lighter fluid in a puddle and then it starts to sort of like split off in different directions, but it's splitting off in a way where maybe the ground is wet and it's just like little streaks and it's like, wow, what if you could call back all of those little fires to one big fire, all of those little rivers to one big ocean, you would essentially be empowering your divine feminine. You would essentially be on your way to being an empowered divine feminine as opposed to a wounded one. And, and when you finally realize that you are very fragmented, that you've had so many different moments where you've been traumatized. You've not only experienced trauma, but you've retained it. It becomes up to you to listen to the emotional cues and the emotional triggers that appear in your experience, in your relationships usually. When you, or even with people that you don't know, when you get cut off on the freeway and you are just incredibly angry at this stranger (sighs) do you really think that this stranger made you feel this emotion probably not probably something about getting cut off being disrespected or something was already there in regards to that emotion It's funny when we get traumatized and when we fragment because of it, right? We cut off a bit of our consciousness that is feeling the unresolved emotion because we are unequipped to resolve it. Oftentimes we bury details of that moment 
so far in our subconscious that we can't get to them. However, that's where your emotions are your saving grace. That's where your emotions are your messengers and your warnings that there's something there to be explored. Because the emotion is the piece of the memory that is closest to the surface, that is closest to your conscious mind. So when you get cut off on the freeway and you seemingly get incredibly angry because of a stranger, you're actually feeling something that's very reminiscent of what you've already felt before and what contributed to a core moment, a core wound moment. Um, or piled onto a core wound moment of something that had happened in your past that you were not able to resolve and fully feel and move through. And that's why it's really critical to learn to breathe through those triggers and just really allow yourself to feel them. Granted, if you're on the freeway, you know, those kinds of things, it's like pull over on the side of the road if you're really that upset, like... Pull over the side of the road, take deep, deep breaths, become aware of your senses, you know, maybe go through sight, um, smell, touch, hearing, um, taste, drink some water, something to bring you back to your body. And then really ask yourself, like, whoa, what was that all about? But before you ask yourself that, just tell that emotion that it's allowed to be here. That is the most, this is the most crucial step about all of this. Just tell your emotion that it's allowed to be here. Okay? And I can see that I'm nearing, it looks like I'm already at 20 minutes. So I want to get to personal experience, which I'm going to be talking about, my procrastination and the like. If you follow me on Instagram, you knew that this was coming. (laughs) But first I want to close out what I'm talking about in a general sense. When the Divine Feminine becomes so aware of the fact that she's heavily fragmented, heavily wounded, and starts on this journey of calling back all of those aspects. How do you do that? You, every time you're triggered, you encourage that emotion to be there. And you ask your system to start making sense of it. And it may happen over a period of weeks, or days, but you'll start to understand why that trigger occurred. You'll probably understand, you know, where exactly in your childhood it's from. If you really want to understand these things, these things in depth, I highly recommend reading The Completion Process by Teal Swan. She's outlined a process in which you can trace those tr- triggers back to the original emotion from the original memory that set off the whole traumatized fragmentation mess in the first place. Not all of them, of course, just the memory pertaining to that particular trigger. And sometimes, as we have a limited amount of... Well, we we don't have a limited amount of emotions, I shouldn't say, but we have a certain spectrum of emotions to work with in a very wide range of experiences. So what you'll find a lot of the times if you are doing the completion process, uh, be it formally or if you're allowing it to unfold more organically in your life day to day, 
what you'll find is that you'll be peeling back layers of maybe the same memory or the same emotion. Uh, but either way, the completion process is an incredible book to read and a really life-changing process. However, if that is a little bit too formal for you, I personally have an ADHD brain which makes things really hard when it comes to like sitting down for a long period of time and part of the completion process for me tends to be like just really sitting there for as long as my emotion needs me to sit there. So what I've adopted is just the practice of just telling every emotion that it's allowed to be here and to take its time unfolding and that I'm here for it whenever it's ready for me to understand where it came from and that I'm here for that aspect of my consciousness whenever it's ready to come forward and be like, hey, it was me. (laughs) And what you'll find is you'll find that these aspects of you that are held back in time start to grow up and start to meet you where you are now as an adult or however old you are. And it's quite amazing to feel and to watch the world becomes more vivid. You start to feel things more deeply, which for me is, didn't think that was possible. And it's pretty amazing. Let's talk about some personal experience with healing my divine feminine. Okay. A big part of the divine feminine is creativity and manifestation through using your voice, be it writing on a piece of paper, creating a piece of artwork, speaking on a podcast, whatever. However you get your inner world out of this physical body, out of your mind, out of your consciousness, out of your subjective consciousness, that's you are expressing, right? A big part of the divine feminine is that expressive energy. The putting out of creativity that is within and this podcast for me has proved to be a big part of that singing is a big part of that like for me personally using my actual voice my actual vocal cords is huge Uh, and I love to write don't get me wrong and I do love to create with my hands I love to dance as well I love to express in all kinds of ways ways but my voice is honestly the the easiest way that I find to express myself and I love Gary Vee and he always says like just simplest way possible what can you start doing today that you just naturally do that you can build off of and for me that's my voice uh no I don't have a recording deal and I'm not a songwriter regularly I can get down and write a song but I'm not necessarily a songwriter uh, by day, you know, I'm more of a poet. And uh, there are other ways that I can use my voice, but talking in particular, I'm very articulate. I love to have meaningful conversations and I love to share information. And I've found as I go through this life that the information that I've gathered is not information that a lot of people are super aware of. So I all of these things put together simplified to its simplest form talk mac just talk right wow okay things are happening in my building i don't know (laughs) talk mac talk and actually the first rendition of this podcast ever made was called mac talks mystical mac is much better Uh, i feel like it's much better 
But all this to say that this podcast has literally always been an avenue through which I can express. The thing, though, about expressing through this podcast is that it's clearly broadcast to people that I, that I don't know. Strangers. Strangers that feel connected to me, don't get me wrong. When I say hi, friends. When I say I love you, like I really do. And I really do consider you guys as soul friends. Friends, kindred spirits, right? But do I know you? Do I genuinely know you? No, I don't. And even if I've spoken to you on Instagram or you follow me on Instagram and I interact with you, I certainly don't know you on, on a level that, that I know the people, the people in my life, right? And even with the people in my life, I often have a hard time expressing my deepest feelings and emotions, even when they're not about them at all. Hence why I have a therapist. <laughs> uh, and hence why I'm learning to do that, you know? And part of putting out this podcast to strangers, that part really freaks me out. Wow, like I accidentally just made a noise. That's the universe being like emphasis. It does. It really does. It freaks me out. And uh, I've recently found this channel called How to ADHD. I found out that, by the way, I have inattentive ADHD, which there's like a whole generation of women I feel that have been undiagnosed since childhood and it's really messed us up (laughs) and most of us have inattentive ADHD um which essentially means that all the hyperactivity that's normally associated with ADHD is on the inside as opposed to the outside so on the outside I look like a super calm kid and on the inside I'm like a little hamster on a wheel and I never stop (laughs) And there are a million hamsters on a million wheels, um, and they're all spinning to different soundtracks. It's great. Um, But, okay, I'm going to get back to where I'm going with this. Oh, here we go. So, something about, yes, so I found this, this channel called How to ADHD, and it's really, really helped me out. And I, I, I was going to say recently, but no, just today I watched a video on procrastination. And in the video, they encouraged us to not gloss over why we're procrastinating because it's really important if you want to stop procrastinating around a particular thing. And guys, literally, 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 since... This podcast has been called Mac Talks, which is what, four years ago? Since it was called Mac Talks, meaning since its inception, I have not been able to not procrastinate. And so, do you see what I mean by what I said at the beginning of the episode? When I said that this time feels different, it feels different because I'm actually tackling the reason as to why I procrastinate on this podcast. Podcast. It's because though it brings me great joy and an insane amount of gratification, like I'm not even going to lie, I listen to my own podcast. I really do. I do. Not just because I want to be aware of what your experience as a listener is like for the sake of recording the next episode. 
especially in the way that I'm doing this where I do not script it and I'm sort of just keeping a theme in mind for as many episodes as it takes for me to explore it. So that helps me to just listen to it and prepare myself for the next recording session. But just, I genuinely, first of all, it's something that I can, or rather that was the first of all. Second of all, because I already know the content matter because I literally created it. (laughs) It's something that I can put on in the background but that I find pleasant to listen to because I think that my voice is kind of pleasant to listen to on this platform. And it's almost like I get to know myself better uh, by listening to myself not in real time but after it's been recorded so it's not that this podcast freaks me out in the sense of like oh my god I can't even listen to it like I genuinely love listening to it and I get an insane amount of gratification from the fact that I have put something out there that I can then go on a listening platform and click and listen to (laughs) like it's not even about how many listeners I have I swear it's not Do I love you? Do I super appreciate you? Yes, of course. But I get an immense amount of gratification and love listening to myself talk. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm about to cry. It's true. It's so true. I've never admitted that. Do you know why I've never admitted that? Because, Because you're not supposed to admit that. Because how often have you heard like, oh, he just likes to hear himself talk or she just likes to hear herself talk? I do, though. Because I can talk about some pretty cool shit. (laughs) And I even talk to myself. Maybe that's why, though, because I like to hear myself talk. And, you know, there are parts of me right now that are just like, oh, my God, we're dying. Why are you admitting this? Like, we're so embarrassed. Stop. But, like, no. I feel like some of you need to be validated, too. It's okay to want to hear yourself talk. So cool. We have this, like, these voice boxes. Some people can't even talk, you guys. Like, holy shit. That is a fucking privilege to be able to talk. I'm learning more about my internalized ableism every single day. I'm not going to go into it on this episode. If you don't know what ableism is, just go look it up. Ableism. (sighs) Where we basically forget about disabled people and how they're humans. Yeah, they are, by the way. And some of them can't talk. Some of them are non-speaking. Not non-verbal because they still communicate, but non-speaking. And I love hearing myself talk. (laughs) And the fact that I get to record it and the fact that I get to do something that I love, which is talking um, and do another thing that I love, which is exploring really deep, like abstract, but really close to home about being a human topics or rather being a universe in a human body topics. (laughs) Like I get to combine those things and I get to put them into this podcast. So why do I procrastinate? Because I know that this has the potential to grow. I know that some of you stay because you like to hear me talk too. And whatever I say brings value to your life. And that's so valuable to me. And I procrastinate because as, as valuable as that is, it's, it's equal parts if not more scary. Because the more of you listen, the more of you you 
invite to listen. And the bigger this community gets, and I've always been kind of terrified of crowds. I've never minded staring at them from a big lit up stage where I know all my lines and I know all my cues and I trust everyone on there with me and behind the sound booth and behind the scenes. But the moment that those lights are off and I can see every single face in the audience, oh, I want to run so bad. Maybe not after the show, but maybe if something goes wrong or maybe if the show is just me sitting here and telling you a person that I don't know personally, a person that doesn't know me personally about my life, about things that I speak with with my therapist about, about things that I think about daily, about things that make me feel a great deal. That's some scary shit. But I know I have to do it. For me. For me first. And then, you listening? (laughs) You are like the incredible icing on the cake. And icing is my favorite part. But when I did it for me, I put icing in between the layers. So I've already got some icing. But what is a cake if there's just icing in between the layers? In my opinion, it's a a cake that's missing out. So, thank you for being my icing. (laughs) I love icing. Oh my god, like I literally love it. You can literally ask anybody who knows me, like, I will get the parts that have, like, all the flowers on them, like, all the icing flowers, because I just love icing. So, thank you so much for being my icing. (laughs) And hopefully, I will not be procrastinating as much. I can't promise that it's going to cease to exist. Mystical Tuesday may have to be our backup date sometimes, but... But hopefully... Hopefully, in this episode you've helped me complete what already feels like a a different sort of healing experience with this procrastinating on the podcast thing. So we'll see. Uh, We've had a very special 38-minute episode. Whoop, whoop. Yes. It's probably going to come out to like 40. Mm -hmm. So yay. Next episode, I aim to be around 30 minutes. I honestly, in a really roundabout way, feel like I covered what happens when the Divine Feminine gets warned and implodes how she gets warned um, and how she can start to heal. So perhaps unless I decide to tie up any ends with the Divine Feminine or if any ends come become apparent to me, if you are listening to this and you have a question that I haven't answered or you feel that I haven't answered, go ahead and message me on Instagram. And I will answer it next episode. Uh, If it's a big enough question, like if it's just a question that's pretty deep, 
to get into, I can make the entire episode about it. Otherwise, if I get a few questions, I can just do like a tying up the loose ends on the Divine Feminine uh, episode. Otherwise, if I don't find that you guys have any questions, and really, if any of you are like, oh, I'm sure other people will message me, don't. There's probably like three of you right now. <laughs> so just message me. Um, if, if that makes you anxious, like hold your favorite stuffed animal or fidget with your favorite fidget toy or like do it under a weighted blanket. I don't care. I, I really want to know though. If you have questions that I have not answered about the Divine Feminine, please just message me on Instagram and I will make an episode accordingly. Otherwise, we will be moving on to the Divine Masculine next week. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for committing to your own growth because I know that by becoming aware of these things, you're essentially agreeing to not be able to once see them, which means that you're agreeing to start doing something about them. So if you weren't aware of that and you don't want to become aware of the stuff inside you, the rivers of, of consciousness that have fragmented away from you and you don't want to be on this path of you know, of wholeness, of, of bringing yourself back to wholeness by exploring every trigger, which I know can be very challenging, I invite you to stop listening now. And thank you so much for stopping by. <laughs> Otherwise, stay safe. Stay mystical. And stay grounded. I'll catch you next week. Mwah! Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Mystical Mac. For future episodes, click that subscribe button. And to help us spread this podcast far and wide, consider leaving us a review. Also consider checking out the social justice links in the description below and going to mysticalmac.com to read up on my blog and find out about my tarot card readings. Also, follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Mac Guerrero. Lastly, thank you so much, James, my amazing editor, for putting this podcast together for us. I'll catch you next time. Stay mystical and stay grounded. <laughs>